You're listening to the Heart and Soul Podcast, where we celebrate vulnerability and shameless living. No topic is off limits when you're chatting with your besties. Let's own our worth and walk empowered towards truth together. Hello, everybody. <laughs> What's up? You haven't done that one in a while. I don't think. Have I ever done it? Probably. Well, you, I feel like you've said it to me a lot. but I think today I'm going to be more cautious of my volume because <laughs> I am so annoyed with myself when I listen back. I'm so freaking loud. I feel like some people just have a louder like pro- projection than others. Like I don't, I don't have a you loud don't. projection. And it's so beautiful to listen to your voice on the podcast and I'm so much. <laughs> and especially my laugh, like... I'll laugh at my own joke right after I say something. So it's like already loud and then it gets louder and it's like, oh my God, <laughs> Yeah, Catherine. it does get a little loud, but that's okay. That's so, you. Sorry, listeners. That's your personality. This is, you don't need to change who, I who you are. Yeah. Not apologizing for who I am, but I will help you out. Anyway. We just had an awesome interview with Laura Nielsen of The Grown Up Girl, mm-hmm. which we'll get to in a little bit. Um, we also recorded on... Her podcast, which was really neat because we've never been on the other side of the interview before together, especially. So it was so we're fun. excited to have that come out soon. I don't even know, I don't know when, it's but come out. I'm I'm like pumped. Me too. I'm it so was excited. Super fun, and we love chatting with her. Um, so that's to come. But of course, we'll get into our daily or weekly happies and crappies. Um, yeah. Before we do, I'm gonna get really sappy, and I'm not the sappy one. She like asked us a lot of questions about like how we met or, or like how we got connected. Mm-hmm. And you know, when like, I don't know if you can get this way with Jordan, but like sometimes you're kind of just like in this like mundane routine of life. And then someone asks you about how you first met and you're yeah. like giddy again about them. You're mm-hmm. like, Ooh, like not that I'm like in love with you and that <laughs> on that level, but I was like, Oh, like we're really sweet. I know. Like it's really sweet how we met. I it gave of, me like feels again. It did. And you know, telling that story I kind of forgot that's how we met because there wasn't you know how sometimes you meet friends especially in adult life and you're not quite sure like how much you should be like involved in that yeah like you don't want to be too much too soon or like how much you should share right away I feel like there was not any transition we were just like yeah there you know what I mean totally I don't know her her asking us that I like got I felt like I was telling like our first date story and it was like really like oh I love her yeah it was so true I'll never forget it so if you're just like ever in a funk with some friendships just talk about how you first met yeah It'll really get you out not that we were in a funk or anything but like you I know. was I was for sure I talked about that as my crappy last week but not with me right no not with you okay I just in general yeah but Life's I, I see what you mean um okay now we can do happies and crappies yeah Uh, My happy is that I have my grand opening. Well, I have so many happies. It's been a really good week. I, the grand opening for soul is on Thursday, which I'm really excited about. Um, the prosper workshop was amazing. Like I am so, we'll get into it more, but like, I'm so proud of you. It's so cool to see that like in real time and to like step into that space Saturday, this past Saturday, as opposed to like last year mm-hmm. and even the year before, or the time before that, not the year before that, but it's just like really cool and encouraging to like see someone like really go after it. And also 
to be given an opportunity to speak. Like I went and met Michael and Patrick right after we had someone come and paint the soul room for shameless living. And oh, it looks so good. It looks awesome. And we, but we met at like whole foods to grab lunch real quick and then come back here. And I like walked in and I was like still like on a high, like I can only yeah. equate it to like after I finish a race. Yep. Like a marathon, and I'm like, ah. yes. And he was like, "How'd it go?" And I was like, "It was awesome." And he was like, "You need to speak more. Like, you come yeah. back from these things, and you're like, like lit you're up. lit, yeah." And and so he he's proud of you too. And like, it's just like that was a really cool happy, and I'm sure that's yours too. But mm-hmm. I don't want to steal that from you. And then another happy is my brother-in-law has been in town for like he left today, but he's been in town the last like twelve. No, like a week and a half, 10 days. Um, And he's just like one of my favorite people. And I had the best time and I'm trying to get him to move in with us. But I guess my crappy is that he left this morning and I'm like, I feel alone. And Michael's out of town. So I'm like really alone in this house for the first time. But it's not that big of a deal. I'll be fine. (laughs) He will. And he'll be back. Yeah, he'll be back. Um, well, yeah, obviously my hot, my big happy is the workshop. I, like I said, my crappy last week, I was just kind of in a funk, like having a hard time with, um, just not feeling motivated and very blah. And I was a little stressed about planning everything, but I don't know, I guess this time around, I, since I had already planned a workshop and, and executed a workshop more on this scale last summer I guess I knew what to expect and like how to best prepare and I had my awesome intern with me like I literally don't know what I would have done without her um but I walked into it like so I wasn't nervous I felt so relaxed and just ready to do it and um you know all the moving parts coming together are always a little bit tricky and um make you a little bit overwhelmed because not only are you planning a workshop that we had 20 women come to and we had to make sure they were fed and and set up nicely and, and the venue was kept clean and we respected those things. We also planned a styled shoot for the photographers of the day and if you've ever been a part of anything like that, it's that alone is a lot of work. Like a style shoot is a lot of work on top of a workshop. Mm-hmm. And so when you have all these vendors like dedicating and donating their time and their resources for you to shoot it, you want to do a really good job of getting images for them. Right. And also on top of that, teaching these other women. So it's always a little bit of a, a learning curve and overwhelming in that sense, but it could not have gone more smoothly and perfectly and everything coming together and like seeing all these friendships and connections being made and these aha moments throughout the day was just so cool. The weather was perfect. The photos we got were unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, Like the light was perfect. The floral design was incredible. Like everything just... like took my breath away um and it's hard when like when I was in it and on the day of and I'm doing all the speaking and you're looking around the room you see people nodding their heads and and maybe some jotting things down here and there but you don't the whole time you're kind of like are they liking this are they getting something out of this are they glad they invested in this Mm because it's not like it was a cheap endeavor by any means 
Um, and you just kind of have all those thoughts going through your head through the whole the whole day. And then later, like that night, they immediately all started posting how they felt about it and what they got out of it and all these little they each kind of took away these different highlights of the day and reading through those just made it all really hit me like, oh, wow, like, yeah, they really did enjoy this and they felt like it was valuable and it was such a good experience for them. And It's really cool to, too, to like think that when those women look back on like pivotal moments in their career and their mm-hmm. life, they're going to think of that weekend. Yeah. Like, that's so cool. It was so cool. And they all loved you. I didn't really get to be in the room a lot. I when know. I was so Catherine sad. was there, which I always love listening to her stuff. But um, she was speaking kind of around when some of our other vendors were coming in. And so I had to coordinate all that for the style shoot. Like I said, a lot of moving parts. Yeah. Um, but I could hear in the background, they were all laughing with her. And and she came in and spoke after um Chrissy came in, who's my accountant, and she went over like taxes and finances and the legality of business. And I think that was definitely a super valuable part of the day, like the most aha moments for people probably. Mm -hmm. But it's also very daunting and draining and makes you like, "Ah," like taxes, adulting. Yeah, in a whirlwind of emotions and thoughts. And so they were all like, we were so grateful that Catherine came in after because it just kind of lightened the mood and made us like have fun and, and feel really confident about what we were doing. So good. Um, they all really loved that. Um, yeah, I already can't wait for the next one. I'm like, Me too. let's do this. So, and I want to continue to not necessarily grow it on like a population level. Cause I don't, I think that amount is good and intimate and I don't really sure. want it to get much bigger than that for, the sake of, you know, growth, because I want it to still be a good experience for them. But I do think we can continue to um, make it an even more valuable experience for that small group that does come. And yeah. maybe, it's, maybe it's making it a two-day workshop or offering different modules or, um, like, I literally could have gone on for more hours, but we just totally didn't have enough time yeah. today. So, yeah, I'm looking And it would be so that. fun after, like, a long day like that to, like, have like a slumber party with all those girls and yeah. like have some wine and like yep. chill and mm-hmm. like really get on like that level of knowing someone and yep. then the next morning like do something fun. It'd be cool. Yeah. I've done two day workshops before and, and they're good. It's, it's definitely exhausting. But yeah. The next day you're like, I'm dead. Yeah. And I, I definitely, so I guess my crappy would be that I was so tired. Oh yeah. I bet. Um, the next morning I actually had a sunrise session, which, um, Last week on the podcast, I was saying how my couple was coming into town from Florida. We we're going to have to squeeze it in because it snowed on Thursday night and Friday morning. And so the only time that we could do it was Sunday after the workshop. And so working like literally Friday all day, I was at the venue. I was there from 7 a.m. to 8.30 on Saturday. And then I had to wake up and drive to Fort Fisher by sunrise like, on no. Sunday morning, and I was a zombie. It was 100% worth it, and it was great, and I came home and I took a nap. And those um, pictures were amazing. Yeah, they came out really good, but even yesterday, I was trying to get back into the grind, and I did. I got some work done and some editing done, but I was wiped. I was going to go to yoga at 4.30 in the afternoon, and I was like, I can't. I need to take a nap. Yeah, your body needed some rest. I was so wiped, and I guess it made me realize, you know, wedding days and big days like that. And normally I could, I would be tired, but I could bounce back pretty easily, but not being pregnant. Nope. 
So a whole other level. it's a different, a different feel now these days, but that's okay. I learned it this way. Yeah. You learned it a really fun way. Yeah. At least you're like, I was doing something I love. Yeah. I feel fulfilled up. My heart is happy. I just want to like take this through the next month until weddings pick back up. And yeah. Ride that, ride that wave, just baby. Ride this, this happiness. Um, well, I guess like we'll just touch on what happened last night Yeah, and the bachelor, but like we both just don't have a lot to say. I really don't. I mean, fantasy last night was fantasy suites. Madison basically told him without really making clear as to why in the beginning that she wouldn't feel comfortable with him Mm -hmm. sleeping with other women. Totally valid. Makes total sense. He did it anyway. Somehow he like loves all three girls. And at the end, Madison, of course, had the last fantasy suite date. Right. And I thought the way that she verbalized her, like, meaning behind what she was standing for was, like, actually very well done this time. Like, the, the second time she was, like, she stood up for what she believed in. It didn't feel judgmental. It yeah. felt like, this. these are my standards. It's okay if they're not yours. But if they're not, like... I'm not comfortable with getting mm-hmm. engaged if you just slept with someone six days before you proposed to me. Yeah. And I'm going to have to go. Yeah. I totally respected that. And it was a little frustrating, like, watching the first conversation because you're like, just say it. Just like, say just it. Say why. why? Say why. Um, but at the same time, I felt like her why was irrelevant because regardless of what you signed up for, like, I know it's The Bachelor – you know what you're getting into. But the, the bottom line is any woman in her right mind would not feel comfortable saying yes to your proposal knowing that that man slept with two other women less than a week before. Totally. And he didn't have to do that. It's not like that's part of the show. It's like, oh, well, you knew that the guy was going to sleep with all the women. It's no, actually not. it's a choice. And there's, there's plenty of bachelors and bachelorettes who have not. Right. Like, I actually listened to a podcast this morning um, on my run of – with Nick Vial, who was mm-hmm. a bachelor, and he was recapping this exact episode. And he's like, he's not like some goody goody bachelor. Like, he right. was a sexual man. <laughs> and, but he said, he was like, I knew the implications because I'd been on seasons before of what like sleeping with every person in the fantasy suite right. does to the couple in the end that gets engaged. So I knew. When I had, went to my fantasy suites, I was not going to sleep with anyone right. except the girl I was going to pick. to, yeah. Because I knew I was going to pick her. Right. That's he the was thing. Like, so I picked who I slept with and I didn't sleep with the others and that wasn't the reason they broke up. Right. He said a lot of relationships end after a bachelor or a bachelorette because of that exact reason. Right. And I think it really bothered me how he kind of was almost like... Not attacking her, but kind of got very stern and like defensive about it. In but the beginning, I, yeah, when he first when yeah. they first started talking about it, like, I love how he kept his, saying like, "So we can't have a sleepover, or we can't sleep." His I was face like, was that? just like it reminded me of when you're in a relationship and the guy like cheats and he's trying to like justify it and like make you feel bad about it. You know what I mean? Like totally. It, not that he did that, but the vibe that he was putting off just re- gave me that ugh, that irked feeling. Um, but like you said, I mean, some people were like, oh, well, she should have been more upfront that that was an ultimatum. And I was like, it doesn't matter if he wasn't sure if he's like, you know, okay. In love with three women, even though I don't think that's really possible. 
then he shouldn't have slept with any of them, Mm -hmm. knowing that if one of them is going to be his wife at the end of this, he should respect that and just not sleep with any of them if he's not sure. Totally. Or just the one that he knew he was going to. Uh And if it was Madison, that's not her standard and it would have happened anyway. Yeah. I completely agree. I I think think he made a boo-boo. I think that Madison, I'm proud of her for standing up for herself at the end. And I, I hope she leaves. Yeah, I do too. And my prediction is that she leaves. This is like so all, all over the place, but I like get, I came to this conclusion today. She leaves. Yeah. It's down to Victoria F and Hannah Ann. Also, I've, there's no spoilers, and I haven't read any. It's down yeah. to Victoria F and Hannah Ann. He goes on d- both dates with both, where he like introduces them to his parents. He decides to send Victoria F home, and it's just Hannah Ann. And then I think Madison comes back, and now he's like, "Oh shoot, I was gonna pick Hannah Ann, but now I'm twisted." This is like in my dream world. Okay. And then, but he doesn't actually, in the end, he doesn't actually pick Madison because he's like, Hannah Ann stayed. She's easy. She's the safe route. I'm going to pick Hannah Ann. Okay. That's a valid theory. Either that or he ends up with no one. I feel like because there's no spoilers, because they keep saying it's the most unspoiler or... Spoilable. Spoilable, yeah, episode or season yet, that it's not going to be that simple. Like I, I feel like... But like we said last week, I don't feel like it's going to be as crazy as they're making, making it, it out to be. Yeah. Either so, or he's just like dating one of them, like Colton did. Yeah, I don't know. I've I'm not buying it, any of the relationships other than Madison because you can see how like deeply she's hurt. But I'd rather see her as a bachelorette. So I don't know. I'm kind of like I was. I want her to be bachelorette. I, and for I also sure. like think she shouldn't settle for this. Like if that's her standard and. She doesn't want to say yes to that, then maybe she does just say like, "Oh, let's date," or, or maybe she just walks away and she doesn't come back. I don't know, but I kind of want that yeah. for her. I want her to like she's gotten this far in her life and she's only twenty three. You don't need to settle. Totally. So, I, if any of one from this season is going to be the Bachelorette, it, I would hope it's Madison. You too. But we'll see. We'll see. To be determined. To be determined. In the meantime, why don't y'all listen to like some real tangible advice on how to be a grown up that's <laughs> not you're not gonna find in The Bachelor. Yep. Um, from our sweet guest Laura Nielsen. Okay, well, we are here with Laura Nielsen of the Grown Up Girl. Um, and Laura and I, we actually just recorded an episode for her podcast, and we kind of like laughed halfway through. We like met on Instagram, but don't remember when or how, but like we somehow started following each other and I started listening to your podcast and then you would comment on some of my fitness stuff. And I was like, cool, we're friends. <laughs> but, um, Laura it's lives, magical how that happens. It's so magical. Laura lives on the other coast. She lives in San Diego. So on the West coast, opposite side of the country as us. And she's joining us online right now. Um, so we just kind of wanted to give you um, a chance to introduce yourself, kind of tell tell our listeners about who you are, what you do, and kind of what makes you, you. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me, you guys. I feel like we're just continuing the party we started um, on my podcast. So like you said, I'm Laura, and I live in San Diego. I am a mom. I'm a wife. I used to be my formal job before I became an entrepreneur was a teacher. So I have a master's in education and taught um, English as a second language for about five years, full time, part of it, part time. And then when we moved out to San Diego three years ago, it was sort of a chance to start over um, and to 
think about, you know, that sort of like, what do I actually want to do? What am I actually passionate about? Because teaching used a lot of my natural skills, um, but it really did, I burnt out. You know, it just was a really challenging job in a lot of ways, especially I'm a very empathetic um, person and it's just, it was very hard and, you know, inner city public schools, there's just like a lot of hard things year around every day. Um, so yeah, moving out here was a chance for me to really dream, um, kind of dream big. And my son started kindergarten when we moved here. So it was like, also it was like, I have all this time while you're at school. And I, you know, it was sort of this kind of wide, like a blank canvas, you know? Um, so I, over the past 10 years, I'm 31 and I've done all the things like got married, went to grad school, had a baby. I've lived in New York City, Minnesota, and now here. And over all of that time, I kept having the same conversation over and over with my girlfriends. And it was like, no one told us about this. Like no one told us it was going to be this hard, <laughs> whether it was about, you know, marriage and like, are we supposed to fight this much or is this like, are we going to make it or, you know, or being a mom or even just like the daily things about being a grown up? And so when I, I, I knew I wanted to write, I've always loved to write and speak. Um, I, I love encouraging people. I love being up in front of a group. Um, so I was like, why don't I write and speak about this, about being a grown up, about, you know, all these things that I wish someone had like, prepped me for or given me a heads up about, um, and kind of shine a light on it. So that's where I am today. I write on my blog, I speak on my podcast and at events, you know, for women and entrepreneurs here in San Diego. And yeah, that's, that's me in a nutshell. That's so awesome. I love that you were kind of given, I'm sure you didn't love it at the time, but you were given this like opportunity to like start fresh, like I'm in this new city. I suddenly have all this time. Like now, now I get to step into like what I really want to do and I now have the time to do it. So like, as you were transitioning, yeah. as you were transitioning, like from a full-time job into figuring out what you wanted to do entrepreneurship wise with grown up girl, who was like one of your biggest influences as you were going through that transition or who like supported you along the way? Um, uh, two answers come to mind. Um, first, I mean, my husband is so encouraging, like he's always been supportive of whatever I've wanted to do. You know, there's times where you don't have a choice. Like when he was in grad school, I had to teach full time to support us. But whenever there's been, you know, any opportunity to dream or to, you know, he's always like, who are you really like what are you passionate about what do you want to do so i think you know he without his encouragement you know it would be a lot more challenging and he definitely pushes me to be my best and to like serve how i'm made to serve um the other answer that comes to mind is just like mentors from afar um so a big one was Rachel Hollis. I went to one of her conferences um, in LA kind of before she became who she is now. Um, that was about two years ago. So attending events in person where, you know, people like that kind of speak or share their knowledge has been 
really influential for me too. Yeah, totally. Love her. Uh, yeah, and I like to tell people we're like long lost cousins now because oh, yeah. we have the same last name. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Wow, that's like that's a thing. <laughs> you need to step into that. I know, right? Um, so how did you make like like you said you speak and, and you podcast? How did you like make it from like a passion? How did you turn it from like a passion or a hobby into like, oh, a career? Like I can profit from this and like how did that kind of switch flip in your head and and what did it look like? Like your day to day? Yeah. I mean, I'd say that's still a work in progress. (laughs) I feel like every entrepreneur, like you have your good days where you're like, I'm doing this. Like, this is amazing. And then you have your days where like, I'm a total fraud and failure and you know, there's no money in my bank account. Um, so I definitely have like highs and lows through that process. Um, I think the biggest thing for me was just to start somewhere, like claim it. So the first event I spoke at, like I had really no business being a speaker. Like I hadn't really accomplished anything with my business yet or, you know, and, but I just was, they asked me and I was like, sure, I'll do it. Like just saying yes to that. And then it's like when you're speaking up in front of a group, people think like, oh, you have authority or you have something important to say. So that means, therefore, that you have authority and you have something important to say. So I think putting yourself in the position that you want to be in, whether you feel ready for it or not, or whether you feel like you've earned the right to be there, um, I think it's, it's just a process of staying consistent and saying yes to opportunities when they come for me. Um, and I think the profit part, I mean, money is like a whole different conversation in terms of how do you make it as an entrepreneur? And that's something like for 2020, I'm really working on because I love to just serve people and just be like, you know, I have no ads on my podcast or anything or not, but I'm like, I should, I should make money from this. Like I'm working really hard. Like I'm working, you know, a normal full-time job. So that's something that, you know, knowing my own worth or my own value is kind of like a current work in progress situation. That's like a really hard switch to make. Like Chelsea gets on me a lot. Cause like, I don't really value my, um, like my time with like the correct money amount, <laughs> like for charging people. Um, mm. it's like, it's just a really hard switch. I think to make when you're like, I'm doing this to serve and I don't want to like feel like a fraud or like I'm stealing, but I'm also like, I also want to like recognize my worth, you know, like, and my time is valuable and how, like, where's that happy medium of like, I can make a profit off this while like not stealing people's money, you know, and giving them like a really good product and a really good service. It's like a really weird transition. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think we're kind of living through a change too, like where, you know, you guys both had more corporate, like nine to five jobs. It's like, of course I should have a salary and of course I should have benefits. And of course I, you know, have earned this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I grew up where my dad was the breadwinner. My mom stayed at home and I kind of have like some messed up beliefs about like my own personal value or what I'm worth because of that. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, I think that 
when you step away from that salary job to something where you're kind of on your own and you're determining it yourself as an entrepreneur, why do we all of a sudden not deserve a salary or benefits or, you know, it's kind of a weird shift that I, in my community, a lot of my friends are making because we are deciding like, Hey, we want to do what we're passionate about. And we can because of the internet and Instagram and all of those things, but it is a weird transition. Yeah. And I think there's like a, what makes it harder? I think in this, it's both a blessing and a curse. I think the world that we live in these days, because we have so much access to so many platforms and so much information at the same time. And so it's great that we have the platform to market ourselves for free, but it's also like, well, who are they to pay me when they could get this for free on the internet over here? Or, you know what I mean? Like, I, I see where that struggle comes in because yeah, you, you start to question what you're actually worth if people can go in these other directions that are maybe less expensive or, or completely free. Um, but like we talked about on your podcast, Laura, I mean, it comes down to if people see value in you, you need to value yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a give and take relationship there. Like you would never walk into a store and ask for something for, or just expect something to be given to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to go get my hair done and, and it's going to be free, free, right? Like, I don't know. <laughs> that would be great though. The haircuts are free. Yeah, I'd, I'd get way more up. I also think it's cool when you do like find that like sweet spot of like what you're worth and you start charging people or you start like um, valuing that. It's cool to see like how your ideal clients kind of come to you and they're like, oh, you're totally worth this to me. Like, Mm -hmm. of course I want to pay that to like receive your services. And you're like, oh, you're the one I've been meaning to serve. Like, (laughs) like partnership here, Mm -hmm. you know, like this is a good relationship. An analogy. So the workshop that I hosted this past weekend. We talked about pricing as I feel like photographers, especially starting out, it's something that you're like really scared to, to charge. You feel like you're not worth what you want to actually be making. And so an analogy that I thought of was like, if you were to go to the store, let's say like, for example, when I was going to get a pregnancy test and I go to the store and there's like cheaper option, like the generic brand. And then there's that early response brand that's like name brand if I want to get one that's like reliable that I'm going to trust more and not have to take like a million of them I'm probably going to just go with the more expensive option like and it's the same goes with who you're going to hire as a as a coach or whatever it might be like that's that's where people are going to see value whether we like it or not. And it's kind of yeah, like, you wanted to say digital words, pregnant. You don't have to mess with yes. those lines. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All that stuff. Exactly. Oh, but I also wanted to touch on how I love how you just went for it. You know, saying yes to, to speaking at something right away, because I think talking to the women that we do in our podcast, like there's this reoccurrence of people wait to start until they feel ready or until they feel good enough or worthy enough. But waiting forever is never going to get you anywhere. So I love that you just dove in head first, even though you might not have felt like you deserved it and look where that got you. I think that's so big. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it is. It's really hard. I think especially for women to like, my husband is so confident and he's like, well, of course I should have this. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, I never feel that way. You know, 
I think for women, we tend to be our own worst critics. Mm -hmm. And I know for me as well, like I'm a type three on the Enneagram. I don't know if y'all are into that, Uh, but it's the achiever. And so I never feel like anything is good enough. Like even when I achieve something, like I'm already on to the next thing. And so I think it's been hard. I'm about, I'm over a year in my business now and like that consistency of continuing to show up and continuing to say yes, even when you've had like highs on the roller coaster, but you've also hit some lows is something that I think you either persevere and you're one of the people that becomes a Jenna Kutcher or become like you're, you know, or Rachel Hollis, or you just keep going even when it doesn't feel good or even when it, it feels like you know, you were, no one's listening to my podcast or, you know, but then you meet someone who actually listens to it and you're like, wait, someone listens to it. You know what I mean? So I think the, the foundation of all of it has to be your why, like, why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. And I think for people that like my husband works a normal job, he's doing it to support our family. And so like we can pay our mortgage you know, and he's not passionate about selling adhesives, but that's what he does. And he's really good at it. But if you're choosing a job as an entrepreneur that you're really passionate about, like your why has to be strong enough to get you through highs and lows. And so that you can stand the test of time because as time goes on, it's harder and harder to stay consistent. Last week we talked, no, two weeks ago, we talked about that, Yeah, about the entrepreneurial journey and how if your why is something like making money or being famous on social media, like that's not going to ever be good enough because you never, it's going to be a long road before you make any money (laughs) before you get X amount of followers or whatever it might be. Like, like you said, your why has to support every step of the way. So what would you say your why is right now? My why behind why I started this is just to be what I wish I had. So like, I wish I had had someone a few steps ahead of me, like five to 10 years older who just like said, Hey, like you're a newlywed and like, this is going to be really hard or you're going to have this struggle. But like, here's, here's what I did when that happened. And like, we're on the other side of that. And like, it can be so good. Like, this isn't the end of whatever. Or, you know, when I was teaching like and having panic attacks at work and just really stressed out and burned out, like, you know, you don't have to, you know, just someone to tell you like to encourage you and to say like, you're not alone. Mm -hmm. That's, that's my number one why. Um, And so when I meet someone or talk with someone who listened to the podcast or, you know, even that I'm just meeting at an event, I was at a networking event on Sunday. It's just like full transparency, full honesty, and like encouraging women that they're not alone. Like being a grown up is really hard, but you can make choices to get to a place where you're like really happy and fulfilled with your life. Yeah, for sure. I, I love that you're doing that because. I mean, we touched on this on your podcast, but like growing up is so hard. <laughs> yeah. It's so hard. Um, so like kind of, if you, if you don't mind like sharing a little bit, you kind of mentioned newlywed or quitting your job, like 
what have been like some of your like pivotal um, growing up moments that like were really like shapeshifters in your life? Like, yeah. Oh my gosh. There have been several, but a few that I really focus on is yeah. Being a newlywed. So after my husband and I were married, we got pregnant and it was a surprise. Um, so (laughs) oh my goodness. Well, it's a, it's a good surprise. My son, he's seven and a half now and he's like, I can't imagine life without him. But I was, I just turned 24 when he was born. So it was like, we had no money. We had, we lived in New York city. We lived in 500 square foot apartment that we paid. Oh my God. I don't even want to remember what we paid. I think it was 24. Yeah. 2,400 a month. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me proud thinking about it. Um, and so kind of after that, we sort of had this crisis in our marriage where there were some things that my husband wasn't being honest about that he kind of like covered up and just some struggles he was having. And it kind of was like the shit just hit the fan. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't know if I can say that. <laughs> there's, I mean, there's sometimes there's no other word to describe yeah, it. Like you so, um, I had a four month old and like the foundation of my marriage felt totally rocked. Cause it, when that trust is broken and your expectations aren't met, it's like, for me, I had like kind of worshiped the ground he walked on. And so it was like, wait, you're not perfect. And you lied to me. Like, my world is over. You know what I mean? Um, so we struggled through that and eventually ended up like going to marriage counseling, finding a great counselor, like kind of healing some of those things that he had brought into marriage and oh wait, I wasn't perfect either. And I had brought stuff into our marriage that was also like really destructive, um, that we had never dealt with. And it's almost like had to get worse before it got better. Mm -hmm. Um, but like no one had ever told me, oh, like marriage is going to be really hard. And even though you're obsessed with this person and you love them and they're perfect for you, like you believe you're made to be together, you're going to hate them some, some days, like you're going to hate them and like think they're the worst person ever. Like if someone had told me that on my wedding day, I'd be like, oh, whatever. Like yeah, mm-hmm. my marriage isn't going to be like your marriage. But then it's like, if you can get past that part, the hard parts, like you're going to be more in love and more obsessed than you could possibly imagine. Right. But it's like that middle part where you have to do the hard work Mm -hmm. and actually like choose to stay and choose to struggle. Like that is the part that no one told me about, Yeah, you know, and I'm like, I want to be honest and open and transparent about that part so that other people when they're in their marriages and they're like, Oh my gosh, like this is a disaster. It's like, no, it's not a disaster. Like everyone struggles. Mm-hmm. No one, no one tells you about it. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So that's a very explicit example of a struggle, but like now we're going to celebrate our 10 year anniversary in June. Congrats. And like, Literally, I'm obsessed with my husband, even though we got in a huge fight last night over <laughs> trash, literally over taking out the trash. It was, <laughs> um, nobody tells you that either. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
but it was like, you know, it's not about the trash. It's about other stuff. Mm-hmm. Always. Yeah. But like when you're, when you're with someone every day, they see the worst of you, they see the best of you. And it, I don't know, it's, it's so much harder than anyone ever told me it would be, but it's so much better too. It's really hard to explain, isn't it? It's like, I don't, yeah. want, you, I don't want you to think that like, this is like too hard to get into because it's the best thing I've ever done. Like, yeah, you know, but it's true. Like anything in life, you have to struggle through something in order to see like the gold on the other side. Like there's this book called as refined silver. I can't remember who wrote it. I think like K Arthur or something, but it, it talks about the process of like, of like silver becoming silver like it starts oh. off like really like ugly like a rock and like it has to be like beat down and rubbed and like burned and all these like major like hard-hitting processes in order for it to become this like beautiful thing on the end yes so that's just like everything in life is like go through the beating <laughs> and it's worth it to get to the other side you know I love that analogy because I love jewelry. So I'm like, (laughs) that speaks to me. Um, Yeah, it is. And like literally everything I said about marriage, I could say the same thing about being a parent or, you know, moving across the country or there are things where there's no like training you know, it's like you're on the job and you have to figure it out. Like, but the job is your life. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I think shining a light on those things and helping people not feel so crazy. Like, am I crazy that this is so hard? Like, no, you're not. You know what I mean? That's what really gets me going because I, I grew up where everyone seemed like they were just kind of doing fine. You know, like I, I didn't, really get exposed to like the struggles that were under the surface that my parents were having. Like, I just thought they had it all together. Mm -hmm. And then a few years ago, actually my parents separated and eventually got divorced. And so it was like, there was always problems or hard things under the surface. And I want to be like, I want our generation to be more honest and more, like with yourself, but also with the world about like, this is hard, but also beautiful if you choose to struggle through the hard. Yeah. Like that transparency is really going to bring a lot of healing people, you know? I think the mindset too, as you're going through it is really important. And I love that you're preaching that message because you're uplifting people, especially women as they're going through those struggles Like when I think back to some of my like harder periods of my life, sometimes I look back and I'm like, I didn't even realize how hard it was in the moment because I found it. It was just like normal, but I still was able to keep myself afloat through Mm -hmm. my mindset, I think. And then I reflect back on those things and I'm like, oh, that was actually really hard. That was a really hard time in my life, but I got through it. So I think what you're doing is awesome. Thank yeah. You. Um, so as you've kind of stepped into the grown up girl and, um, kind of put, been putting yourself in a place of like encouraging women and, or just humans in general, 
Um, like what are some, I hate to say success stories cause you can't really put like a number on like a human's journey, but like, what are some things you've seen that are like really cool, like moments for you as you're stepping into this passion? Like maybe some conversations you've had or some aha moments that some of your clients have experienced through your speaking or, um, if you can think of any, what, what, what are some of those? Yeah, I think the biggest one that comes to mind, I talked about on a recent episode where I had a big podcast launch party where I did a live interview and it was just super fun. What? I listened to it. Oh yeah. Yeah. With Tinley. She's so awesome. And, um, at the end of it, I kind of just shared my heart about why I was doing what I was doing and like how we're all made to do something. And, you really have to just step into it and like whatever is in your heart that is like burning that if you died tomorrow, you would be like, I can't believe I didn't do that mm-hmm. is like what you need to start working towards right now, you know? Yeah. Um, and I was with a friend who had been at the party and this was like six months after the fact, she was like, I need to tell you a story because when you told, when you said that at your launch party, when you were speaking to all of us, I knew instantly that I had to break up with my boyfriend. Mm. Um, but I was so afraid and I was like, I can't do that. That, you know, they were close to engagement, but she was like, I just knew when you said that, that he wasn't the right one for me. And, you know, I kept on hearing your voice in my head and it took me a few months, but then I, ended up breaking up with him and I've never been happier. Like I've never felt more free or more myself. Wow. And that just kind of reinforced the importance for me of, you know, encouraging people to do that thing that they were made to do. And like, even through the struggle of what that might entail, Um, so for example, for me, one of the biggest things that I've had to do in the past few years, we decided we wanted to move to San Diego and before our son started kindergarten, but there were a lot of people in our community that really like thought, thought we were basically crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was really, I'm a people pleaser. So it was just really hard for me to do something that, people were actively like saying like, you're crazy or you can't do that. Um, Like, why would you ever, you know, choose that or just really disapproving. But I knew it was the right thing for us and for our family and, you know, knew in my heart that it was the right thing. And looking back, I can't imagine like how different life would be if we hadn't chosen what we've chosen to live here and to choose this, this life. And, but it's like, there's those fork in the road moments where you're making big decisions that are going to change the trajectory of where you're going. And maybe it's like starting a business or saying yes to something you're really scared of or breaking up with a boyfriend or saying yes to your husband, even though you like want to run away and you're like, you know, it's really hard. And I think just pushing people to do that hard thing, like on the other side of that, like you said, with the silver analogy is like this beautiful, amazing life as a grown up that is possible for you, but it just requires you to really 
dig into that hard middle stuff. Yeah. I love that. We talked and we kind of mentioned this to you earlier when we were recording was our slogan for our listeners is, is shameless living. And we kind of like, we kind of have made that like an anthem of um, our interviews and, and everything that we like encompass as business owners as well. And I feel like you are like, just even just the last 30 minutes of talking to you are like really, truly living out shameless living, like through vulnerability and like shamelessly sharing your stories. And um, like something I, I always tell my soul girls is like, when you're unashamed of where you've been, like you won't walk in fear towards where you're going, you know, because mm. that, that story that felt really messy and felt really hard at the time got you to where you are now. So it'll take the fear away from like stepping into where you're going next, you know, if there's no shame there. Um, so I just want to like honor you and like encourage you and say, you're doing like such a great thing by making this like your day to day. That's so awesome. Oh, thank you. That means a lot. It is. I mean, I, I can talk a good talk, but it is really hard. Like shortly after my podcast launch, I actually got pneumonia. Like I, my mom always said I have two speeds on and off. Like I just go hard and then I crash. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'd also felt like I'd put myself out there and then all of a sudden it was like survival mode. Like my, everything inside me was like screaming, like, stop, stop, stop. Like too vulnerable, too scary. And so I have to have that like negotiation with myself, you know, not on a daily basis, but from time to time, like you're doing this for a reason. You have to share that or you have to like, put that out there. And I'm like, why though? Like, I don't want to, that's really hard or really messy or it's not sexy or cool or like, you know, but it's just like that. What I said, like, you know, in your gut that you have to yeah. do that hard thing or, you know, and so that's something where I constantly have to talk myself back off the ledge and be like, yes, this is going to ruffle feathers or yes, this is going to be hard or expose this thing. But like, it's part of the work that needs to be done. Yeah. You know I mean? worth it. Like that's yeah. what, that's what makes the work get done. You know, exactly. Exactly. Well, we have, um, four questions that we ask all of our guests and we did not prep you for this. So I love it on the spot. I'm so sorry. Um, what is something that you are currently binging right now? doesn't have to be a TV show. It can be like something you're obsessed with, a food, a book, podcast. Um, well, TV show obviously first comes to mind. My husband and I have been watching so much Top Chef. Ooh, nice. Just like old seasons. And I don't know why, like it's therapeutic, just like cooking, fine dining. I feel like I'm eating out at restaurants, even though I'm not, you know yeah, what I mean? I'm like in my sweatpants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah. So that's probably the, the thing I'm binging. That's a TV show. I think, um, I can't get enough avocado toast either. Mm. Like I literally would eat it for every meal, but then I'd be like gigantic. Um, but all basic white girls everywhere. Like we're all obsessed with. <laughs> oh, and it's like, I don't think I'll ever not feel that way about it. Yeah. yeah it's a, it's a forever, it's an unconditional love. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. 
Um, our next question is, what is something that you're looking forward to in 2020? Um, I'm looking forward to like honoring my own boundaries that I've set for myself. Um, I have, we've had to do a lot like as a family and me myself, like kind of pouring out the past couple years and it's started to take a toll like on my health and on my ability to like do the work that I want to do. So honoring those boundaries and I'm also looking forward to, I have a few like writing projects that I've been sitting on because they're scary, um, that I've like set some deadlines and some accountability with people. Um, and so that's something where I'm like, oh, like I, I'm excited about it because I know it'll be really good when I put it out into the world, but um yeah, it the it, the excited is more like the like skydiving type of excited for that. So, <laughs> sure. yeah, yeah. yes, exactly. Um, okay, what is something that you love about yourself? Mm, I love that question. Um, physically, I love my freckles. They are cute. I think freckles are awesome. My yeah. son started to get little ones and it's like the sweetest thing in the world. Um, but non-physically, I love how I can always articulate what I want to say. Like I can find the words and put it together how I want. Like it's what I love about writing and speaking. Um, yeah, I love that about myself. Yeah, you do a really good job of that. It's a good answer. It's a really good answer. I did both too. Yeah. I feel like you <laughs> do one or the other. Yeah. And they interpret it differently. Um, and then lastly, if you could tell women one thing today, what would that be? You're here on purpose. Like you are on this earth, like you're not a mistake. And the way that you're made is totally unique. And whatever it is that you know, like, you're made to do in this world, like you have to do it. Because if you don't, like you're only, you're letting down yourself, but you're also letting down all of us, mm. you know, by not sharing that gift. And it might not be something super like tangible or big, like writing a book or having a fitness program or, you know, sharing your like artwork, your photography skills. It might be something like, um, I have a friend who's like an amazing artist. Like what if she never painted? Like that would be so sad. Yeah. You know? Or I'm trying to think of another good example. Like I have a friend who is so good at like connecting people. Like she always just knows like, oh, this person needs to be with this. And she is just like, she creates community so beautifully. Um, and like my husband, he plays the ukulele and it's, so special and amazing and like just think about all the people whose gifts you like love like and if they didn't do that so and it's usually the thing you're most afraid to do totally yeah yeah amen i well, love that answer yeah, you're your so own purpose good. that was mm -hmm. so good so where can our listeners find you so on instagram i'm at the grown-up girl and um on itunes spotify it's the grown-up girl podcast if they want to connect 
in a more personal way, I prefer email because my DMs get a little cray cray and I always feel like I'm not texting a hundred people back. Um, so they can, if they're, you know, interested in working with me or learning more about me or being on the podcast, it's Laura at the grownupgirl.co. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us today. We loved hearing your story and we love what you're doing. Well, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, you guys.